past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're excited to have you here today. And we're also excited to have Mac Pritchard, who is our guest today. And Mac is the publisher and founder of Max List, an online community for people looking for rewarding, creative, and meaningful work. Aren't we all? Mac, we're so excited to have you here today. Well, I'm excited to be on the show, Marie. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. We're excited to have you because I know that you are an expert in helping people make a career pivot. And today we want to talk about how people can make a career pivot at any age. And, you know, I kind of put this in the write-up that it's easy for people to think about what they don't want to do. But sometimes it's harder for us to think about what we do want to do. So tell me how you help people get started with their career pivot. What do they do if they know they want to do something different, but they don't know exactly what? That's a common challenge, isn't it, Marie? Because I know when you talk to job seekers and you ask people about their goals, I bet you often hear the phrase, well, I'm keeping all my options open. Is that an answer you hear a lot? Right. Or I I know what I don't want to do. I I don't want this. I don't want that. (laughs) I know. And, And I appreciate the sentiment behind that, because uh, people do want to be open to new opportunities, the challenge, of course, is when you say, I'm keeping all my options open, and, and you, you're struggling with getting clear about what you want, you make it really difficult for people to help you, especially when you want to make a career pivot. So I, I say all that, Marie, because it the first step is to get clear about your goals. And if you're whether you're doing a job search or you're making a career pivot, you gotta know what you want. And I I know that's hard work because all of us have a lot of different talents and and interests, but you really do need to have a a short list of two or three goals that excite you and and opportunities that you wanna pursue. Because when you do that, you have a, a much less painful job search, especially when you're making a career pivot, but you also make it so much easier for, for people to help you. Yeah, and the, the challenge there, or sometimes the fear for people, is that if they have focus, it means that they have less options, right? They have fewer options right. because they've narrowed down their options, and there's a lot of fear around that. It There is, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a lot of what drives people when they do say, I, I, I want to keep my options open. Nobody wants to miss out on a golden opportunity. But I find when I talk to job seekers that when I help them get clear about their goals, it's usually a short list of three or four things. And uh, as they get even clearer about the, the goal that interests them the most, get excited and energized, and their job search goes a lot easier and faster uh, especially when they're making a career pivot. Uh, and it uh, once they land that position, because they're clear on their goals, they're not only happier and more engaged in their work, they're much more successful. So what are some of your top tips for people in getting that clarity and getting that, that focus, getting it down to two or three options? I think it begins with self-assessment. And there are many good tools out there like Strength Finders, Uh, There are exercises you can do with a career coach. You can contact your uh, career services office at the university where you went to school or even get in touch with the local employment office in your state. They've all got tools and processes that can help you get clarity about your goals. It takes some work and uh, and it's, it's, again, hard work, but I think you've got to make the investment in doing that. I find... Another good way to get clear about your goals, Marie, is to do informational interviews. Find people who are doing the work that interests you, particularly if if you want to make a career pivot. Say you're in the corporate world and you want to work in the nonprofit sector. 
find people who have made that switch. Talk to them about the challenges they faced, the motivations that drove them, and most importantly, how did they overcome the objections that employers might have about someone with their background and skills? Uh, what was what were the points that they made in job interviews and in application materials that were persuasive to employers? Learn from others' experiences. And I think, Marie, when people have those conversations, it gives them such terrific insights into what employers are looking for, and what uh, makes for a successful job search. Good. So they can do uh, some maybe self-exploration to figure out what it is that they're looking for and then find some folks that are in that field to, to go and chat with. And you mentioned, you know, their options assessments that could help them figure out what their next next gig might look like. Um, and then I would also imagine that it's a good opportunity for people to look at in their career history, what have you really enjoyed and what haven't you enjoyed? Can that be a, another good way to figure out what the next step looks like? It can. And I think talking to peers and, and colleagues that have worked with us and seen us in the workplace and ask them about our strengths and when they've seen us do our best work and, and what skills and qualities we brought to that experience, that gives us good insights into to, uh, what, what we're best at. Um, and I think also, if you're interested in a particular occupation and you're thinking about making a career pivot, in addition to talking to people who've done it, look for opportunities to, to kind of test the waters by doing volunteer work, or, and this might take the form of serving on a board, um, doing uh, work that will allow you to pro- use your professional skills. And along the way, two things will happen. You'll build a portfolio of work that you can show to employers, and that can be very useful if you're breaking into a new sector. You also make professional connections and build relationships with people in the world that you want to be in. And as you know, most jobs are, are never advertised. Most of them are filled through word of mouth. And so as you create those connections and show people what you can do, you'll start to hear about opportunities and people will start to think about you. And again, if you're making a, a career pivot, uh, that can be very helpful. Well, and that's a really good point because a lot of times we think about a career pivot as today I'm an accountant and tomorrow I'm going to be an engineer. And that's not realistic for anybody. It's looking at it long term, long game. Where do you want to go and how can you take steps, you know, purposeful steps every day to get from where you are to where you want to be and realizing that it's a process for everyone. Uh, A pivot is not overnight. (laughs) It's not, and it is indeed a journey. And, and when people are at mid-career or at the end of their careers and they're looking back, it all seems very logical with the benefit of hindsight. Uh, but the most successful people, the people who are most successful, rather, at making career pivots are, are building on their foundation, uh, on, on, the thing, on the work that they've done and the strengths they've done, have and offer. And they're, they're shifting direction, but it's not out of the blue. They don't wake up one day having never picked up a musical instrument and decide I'm going to be uh, um, a professional musician. Uh, they, it's, it takes effort and practice, and it's, it takes a lot of time and effort to make a switch like that. And whatever the occupation that you want to move into, and you've got to recognize that it's gradual, it, uh, but it has to be deliberate and there has to be a plan that that drives you in in making that journey. Well, and you were kind of hinting at the idea of getting a mentor or someone who's not just a person you go have a conversation with uh, about what you want to do, but someone who could mentor you along your way to get there. Tell me a little bit about how you recommend people go about finding a mentor. Well, again, Bring it back to your goals and think about what is you want to do. Is there a new field you want to break into? Is there a more senior position that you want? Uh, whatever the goal, think about the people who are in, are leaders in that field, who often are, are doing the hiring, uh, 
and uh, or sit, uh, whether it's sitting on interview panels or actually hiring their own staff, building relationships with people like that who can become mentors, they can offer great insights into what hiring managers look for, what skills you're going to need to be successful, and what kind of activities can help you professionally as you move ahead in your career, the associations you might join, the volunteer assignments you might look for, uh, and the kind of connections and professional relationships you should cultivate. Those are some of the things a mentor could do for you. I know people often say, well, how do I find these folks? And, uh, and in addition to finding them, why in the world would they spend time with me uh, giving me advice and, and help? And I, I think for the first question, Marie, good mentors are, are all around us. They're in our communities, in our workplaces, but they have insights and advice and experiences that, we, that can be invaluable to us. Our challenge is we've got to identify those people and uh, approach them uh, in a professional way. People who are successful professionally in addition to looking for mentors, are also of service to others because in the end, professional relationships and networking in general, is it's all about giving without any expectation of getting anything in return. Uh, and I would say, why would people spend time giving advice and insights and coaching others? We're all wired to want to help others. And often I find when people say no to requests, it's because the, the ask, the request is just clear, unclear and unfocused. Well, or uh, perhaps unclear. they're in a place where they don't feel like they have the opportunity. And, you know, they're an adult. They get to say no. We're an adult. We get to ask. And if you always yeah. think that you're going to get a no, you'll probably not, not get very far. I know. you've, And rejection is part of it. You're not going to always hear yes. Uh, you just have to be resilient and expect that you will hear no. To increase the likelihood that people will say yes, be very specific and clear about what you want uh, and how much time is involved and how this person can be helpful. Because again, if, if, you're, if you know what you want and you're able to, to share that with others, I found uh, that people often will say yes and rarely say no. Yeah, so we're going to take a short break, I think, to kind of close out that point, and, and we'll start there again when we come back. We're not asking them for a job, right? We're asking them to be our mentor, our guide, to give us advice, and, and people love to give advice. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes and continue talking with Mac about how you can make a career pivot at any age. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America. America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. 
Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we have Mac Pritchard, who's joined us, uh, founder of Mac's List. And Mac, we've been talking about how people can make a career pivot, the clarity that that will help them do that in terms of their focus and where they want to go. And then we were talking a little bit about how they can get a mentor to help them make that transition and, and think about it more of a long-term transition. So just kind of your final thoughts on what the they can do to get that mentor you were saying that they need to be clear about what they're looking for any other tips in in helping them find a a mentor to make that long-term transition recognize that you don't have to rely one person alone isn't going to have all the answers to all your questions and so i think often marie people when they hear mentor they think of the character yoda from star wars and it's (laughs) so you're looking for some all-wise guru and there are people like that but i find when talking to job seekers or people thinking about career their career they've got very practical questions and often uh they don't need to build a lifetime relationship with an advisor they uh, it could be just a, a series of meetings that are based on, again, those uh, very practical questions you have about making a career pivot or perhaps you want to move to a different part of the country or you're thinking about a promotion. Uh, and you identify the people who can help you often by looking at others who have done that or uh, or who work in the world that uh, deals with the hiring questions that are on your mind. Uh, so that, again, the more specific you are about your needs, the easier you make it for a mentor to help you. And you're likely to have a number of mentors uh, during a job search or a career pivot. And throughout your career, you'll have dozens. One right, last thing it, I know we talked. Go ahead, Marie. Oh, just that idea that it's um, not long term in terms of you know years and years, but it's going to take some time. And, and therefore, you'll have an opportunity to connect with different people about it. Exactly. And I would add, too, in addition to looking for mentors, you should always be thinking about how you can serve the mentors and other people in your network, because good uh, professional relationships are a two-way street. It's not about asking and taking. Uh, you, it, you should ask for help, and people are, are willing to help you. But you should also think about how you can serve your own network and, and how you can be of help to others. Well, and probably the easiest way to lose your fear about asking for a mentor is to offer to be one, and you'll see how wonderful it is, at, you know, and why people say yes to, to be a mentor if, if you get the opportunity to do it yourself. You, you do, and, and again, as we touched on earlier, people want to be helpful to others and, and are excited about the opportunity to give back to others. Right. So we also want to talk about some of the challenges that people have when they do go to make a career pivot. Uh, you know, it's not all sunshine and roses, and we understand it's not. that. Sure. So tell me what you see as some of the specific challenges our millennials make. You know, those folks who are in their mid-30s down to their late 20s are are making career pivots obviously faster than any other generation before them in terms of they're not spending that much time in any one career. So what type of challenges do they face when they go to make a pivot? Well, again, their first challenge is to get clear about their goals. But once they know where they want to go, I think hiring managers will often look at the resumes of millennials and worry about whether this person might be a job hopper, if they're serious about this new occupation or sector they want to work in. Uh, And I think it's because they're early in their career, uh, perhaps 10 or 15 years along, they may not have as extensive a network uh, as someone who's farther along, say a baby boomer. Also, because they haven't had that many opportunities to look for work, uh, they may not have developed their job hunting skills as much as a more senior person. Yeah, they can be seen as a job hopper. And I think that is kind of going away because it's becoming more of the norm. Um, yeah. but, oh, go ahead. Yes, I think that's right. And uh, I think you know that 
people now will change careers three or four times during their time in the workplace. Uh, and I think there's much more acceptance, even among older hiring managers, of, uh, of people changing not only jobs, but, but uh, careers themselves uh, after five, seven, ten years. Right, and there's a, a more understanding of that, and yet you can still be looked at as, as you were saying, as not being serious if we're kind of um, flitting around, right, or, or being seen as that. And I always think it's helpful to know what the stereotypes might be. And so against a millennial, they might be, you know, that you're not serious or that you're just job hopping or that you're trying to find yourself and an employer doesn't want to be caught up in that and address them as as head on as you can in how you communicate, how you come across, realize that people might have that worldview. And the only thing you can do is not add to it, not uh, encourage it. Exactly. And I think this advice applies to baby boomers as well. There are these misconceptions about both generations and their approach to work. They're easy to find. Just you know, Google um, bad work habits of you know, insert the name of the generation, and a number of stereotypes will pop up. Those are in the heads of many hiring managers and members of hiring committees. They'll never say them out loud. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, but your challenge when you're switching careers or uh, interviewing for a job is to address those misconceptions. And you can do it if you're a millennial uh, by being clear about why you are making this switch, um, how, by having a story that uh, you know, t- explains why you want to be in this uh, new occupation and how the work you've done to date has prepared you for this. And you might not get a question about that. But you, you will have many opportunities during the course of a, uh, a search uh, to, to tell your story. And you've got to have that story ready and prepared. And it's got to address those misconceptions that hiring managers have about millennials. And on the other end, what do you see that, that boomers are, are challenged with? Well, again, there are common misconceptions about older workers, particularly those in their 50s and 60s. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard them, Marie. Uh, a common list includes resistant to change, uh, uh, might be uncomfortable working working for a younger supervisor, uh, looking for a place to coast. Uh, they're going to be expensive, and, and and especially if they're a senior person and they're moving from one sector to another, they they might be regarded as too expensive. So. Again, you've got to understand what those objections might be, recognize that many of them will never be raised in the course of an interview or um, in the application materials that you're asked to or questions you're asked to respond to. So you've got to have uh, a story both in your application materials and in your responses to interview questions that explain, um, that address those misconceptions and show that you know, you are a learner, that you're excited about this opportunity and why. And if a pay cut is involved, you've got to be upfront about that and explain why that works for you and why it won't be an issue. And got to look for opportunities to talk about examples of uh, times in your career when you worked for younger people or people with different backgrounds. Uh, Again, often these questions will never be asked, uh, but you've got to be prepared to address them because they're in the heads of the people who are talking to you. Yes, yes. And our Generation X friends always say, oh, we're forgotten. And I would say that most of the time that's probably a good thing because there aren't as many stereotypes or misconceptions about that generation. There's not any articles. Well, there are some, but most of them are not as um, as challenging as those that are written about millennials or, or baby boomers. So I can appreciate that we we don't forget you, Generation X, but you don't, you don't, fortunately, I think, have many of these stereotypes out there about you. So, Mac, before we end our time today, if you could tell listeners how they can connect with you, where they can learn more from you. I know people will be excited to, to learn more. Well, they can visit uh, our website, maxlist.org. And they will find jobs there from the Pacific Northwest on our job board, Marie. But as I mentioned earlier, most positions are never posted. 
uh, either on our board or any of the tens of thousands out there. So we spend a lot of time and effort uh, helping people learn how to look for work better. And we have a lot of content on that website about the nuts and bolts of job hunting. Four times a year, we do a live webinar on how to look for the jobs that never get posted. Then there could be as many as estimates out there are that as many as 80% of all jobs never get advertised. If you'd like to see a uh, sign up for one of those webinars, and again, they're free, go to maxlist.org slash career confident, and we'll uh, send you information. Wonderful, Mac. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today. Again, that's maxlist.org. Is that right? It is. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. And I appreciate your time and sharing your expertise. I know our listeners appreciate it as well. If you are listening, we'll be back in just a few minutes. As you know, Mac will sign off, but I'll come back here and I'm going to walk you through more detail, more step-by-step how you can achieve some of the the goals that we talked about today in terms of focusing your career and doing the connections that might help you make that pivot. So we'll say goodbye to Mac, but we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Mac Pritchard, founder of MaxList, MacList, MaxList. M-A-C-S-List.org, and he helps job seekers find work and, and figure out really how to tap that hidden job market, those 80% of positions that are never posted. And he started today by talking about getting focus. And if you've listened to this show at all, you know that that's one of my areas of passion. So we'll dive in a little bit more there and talk about how you can get focus what does that look like? What does that mean? How do you put a process around that? I tell you to start with your what, where, how, and why. That what being what do you want to do? What skills do you want to use on a regular basis? What type of work do you see yourself doing? 
every every day? What do the tasks look like at your work? At what that you want them to look like at your work anyways? And the way that I typically help people start there is by looking at their past work history. What tasks did you enjoy doing? What tasks give you energy? And of course, what tasks do you not enjoy? What tasks do we want to avoid? We might not be able to avoid them 100%. Every job is going to have things that we don't like to do. But what tasks do we want to make sure aren't a big part of our work moving forward? The other piece that I, I like to include when you're thinking about what you like to do is to do a little appreciative inquiry process. Now, this is similar to or can be done in conjunction with an assessment like the Strengths Finder. Strength Finder helps you find those strengths, those activities that really give you energy and you are good at. A strength is something that gives you energy and you're, you're good at it. And um, that the Strengths Finder is a wonderful tool. Along with that, I usually help people do uh, what's called an appreciative inquiry that helps you identify peak experiences in your work. So you want to think about times where you were really engaged, really enjoying what you were doing. It doesn't have to be at work. It could be in a volunteer experience. It could be at... Um, you know, in a school, in school projects, you're just going back and thinking about when was I really excited about what I was doing. And then you're looking at that experience and picking it apart. What was I doing? What were the tasks? And what were the, you know, who were the people that were involved? And maybe a little bit of where in terms of the environment, what type of, of company or organization were you working with? So you're getting some clarity around that what. What are the skills that you want to use? What are the tasks that you want to do on a regular basis? And most of the time that equates pretty directly to job descriptions. You look at a job description and you think these look appealing and these don't. What are the trends in terms of what makes a job description look appealing to you? And then you can look at the where. Where do you want to work? What types of organizations? Is it a big company, small company? Why? Is it with an engineering firm versus healthcare? And why? What types of people do you want to be around every day? That helps you define some of the where. Or what types of products or services you want to be involved with every day? That can help you define those target organizations, target companies, i.e. your where. Then we look at the why. So what is it that you want out of work? Is it that you like a challenge? You like adventure? You like stability? You like a high-paying job? You like a job where you get to help people? What is it about work that makes it fulfilling for you? And sometimes you can also get some of that as you're looking at your peak experiences and thinking about why they were a good fit for you. Sometimes people call those your values, your work values. Work values are different than your you know, moral values. It's what do you value in work? What makes work valuable to your life? Those can range for people from, you know, work is, I need to make this certain amount to be able to do the other things I want to do or to be able to take care of my family to work is me saving the world as, you know, leading a, a nonprofit and anywhere in between. What is it that work brings to your life? And that's your why. Then you have your how. And this is a little bit more about how you like to work. Do you like to work in groups? Do you like to work alone? Do you like to work virtually? Do you want to work in an office? Uh, what does that work environment look like in terms of who you're you're working with and how they work together? A little bit more challenging maybe to put your, your fingers on. And sometimes it kind of comes along with defining the other three. When you know those things, when you have pretty good clarity about your what, where, and when specifically, it'll be much easier for you to talk to others about what you're looking for. And this is where the, the pivot piece comes into play, that most of the time we're not looking to make a 180 degree transition. 
that's a lot of work for people and it's not realistic for most people. What we're looking to do really is make a pivot, make a small change, make a, a change that helps us move more in the direction that we want to move longer term. And when we think about career change that way, it makes it a lot more palatable for us and for the people who are high, will hire us to do that next job. It's not only a challenge for you to make a 180 degree change, it's challenging for the people who are going to hire you because they're taking a big risk that you will be able to do that job when you haven't ever done anything, maybe even close to it before. It's just, it's not realistic. And honestly, it's not what we typically see when people are talking about a career pivot. They're really not talking about that big of a change. And, and sometimes we make it more than it is in terms of thinking uh, about what that transition will look like or how big of a transition it is. We, we want to do pivots that move us in that direction kind of little by little that are palatable to us and to the people that are going to hire us. Now, does that mean you can't make a bigger career pivot? Of course not. It just means that's not typically what I see when people are making a pivot. It's it's typically not as severe as they may have been thinking it would be or, or could be. And that's okay. That's a good thing. We often think about career transition as standing on the edge of this huge cliff and trying to figure out how we're going to make it over. And most of the time, the pivot really is building yourself a bridge from where you are to where you want to be one step at a time. What's the next step look like? And as you do that, as you're thinking about making those steps, as Max said, it's putting the pieces together that help that help build that bridge. So can you do some volunteer work? Can you access a, a mentor? Can you do some research? Is there an uh, opportunity to do a special project at work that would help you get the skills or visibility that you need to make that pivot? Looking for opportunities to do what you can where you are to move in the direction that you want to move. And if you're unemployed and you're thinking about making a pivot, there may be opportunities to make that pivot into your next role there may be opportunities to get into a role that's maybe more similar to what you've done in the past and then start working on that pivot from there. And maybe you do a job search that looks at, at both your aspirational goal and the, the more this is similar to what I've done in the past type of goal. The idea with focus and with putting together a focus that is palatable to the people who are going to be hiring you is that then you can communicate that to the people around you in very good clarity so that they understand what you're looking for. And this is really important whether you're looking for a promotion or you're unemployed or looking to make a change to a new company. The people around you need to understand where you're headed. And this was something that I just read, and it was a year-old article, but I just read this article in um, Forbes, Harvard Business Review, don't remember, but they were talking about the effectiveness of weak ties. And there had been some research done, I guess it was in the 70s, although people in my world were still talking about it just a few years ago, the importance of weak ties. And a weak tie would be someone that doesn't know you directly, but someone who knows someone. So the idea behind networking was always that, you know, you talk to your first level connections and that it wasn't necessarily them that were going to help you get your next job, but someone that they knew. And networking was all about being clear about what you were asking for so that your first level connections could help you find the right weak ties. That is still important. However, this article was also talking about how very specific weak ties are more critical and more effective in helping you network towards your next position. And that those specific weak ties that added the most value was not surprisingly people that know 
the work that you do and are not only going to connect you to a weak tie, but be able to make that connection while speaking directly to your work products. So people that you've worked with before, customers, colleagues, bosses, you know, those people who were more, really more visible to you at work, the people that they can introduce you to, the people that they can help connect you to are going to be the most important weak ties. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the weak ties of all of our other networking first level connections aren't important. It's just that those are the most important weak ties. We have to be able to communicate to our first level connections what we want and what we're looking for so that those first level connections can help us connect to the right connections, maybe one level out, maybe two levels out, etc. When you have that focus, it's a lot easier to get people to help you and that's why it's so important. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this idea of counteracting stereotypes and what you can do, how you can have control over avoiding discrimination, whether that be because you're too young and you're a millennial or a Gen Z or because you're quote unquote too old as a boomer in the workforce. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about making a career transition. And early in the show had Max List founder Mac Pritchard with us here on the show and we talked a little bit about the challenges that people face when they're making a pivot specifically when they might be a millennial who has certain stereotypes kind of set out against them Um, you know thank you to our media for creating most of these just in terms of the articles that are posted you know millennials are 
um, selfish, they're flighty, they're whatever you might be reading, then of course that gets stuck in a hiring manager's mind, especially if they're obviously not of that generation. Um, and they almost can't help themselves if they aren't trained in recognizing their unconscious bias, almost can't help themselves in, in having formed opinions about who they're interviewing. Of course, the same can be true for baby boomers who might be seen as getting ready to leave the workforce, uh, you know, have that retirement mindset, coasting, or can't let go of control, whatever, depending on the age of the hiring manager that might be talking to them. And sometimes people discriminate against their own age group, right? So just because you're interviewing with another boomer doesn't mean they don't have some of these in their in their mind about you, even though you're their same age. And funny thing about unconscious bias and bias in general, of course, is that we all have them and we all have something that someone else is biased against. Whether you're tall, short, skinny, fat, man, woman, old, young, you know, it really doesn't matter. Most people have some kind of bias around one of those issues based on something that they've been brought up to believe or seen in their experience that they haven't paid enough attention to to realize that the truth behind it and they've categorized it as being a male issue a female issue a thin issue a fat issue whatever it is um people have bias and almost everyone has something that someone else has got a bias against so when you come across these or you think they might be getting in your way best advice that I can give you is to lean, lean into it. There you go. Um, to recognize what it is, to pick it apart, and to make sure that you do everything you can do not to play into it, or to directly refute it if possible. So sit down and think about it. If you've thought about people are discriminating against you because you're too young, what are all of the things that they might be thinking or that you've heard people thinking or that you've read in the media that people are thinking, write it down and really think about it. They think that I am a job hopper. They think I need to be the CEO. They think I um, don't have a work ethic. Write it all down and look at it and really consider how you can verbally act in your actions non-verbally in every piece of the hiring process how can you make sure you don't play into those stereotypes you may have to be very careful about the way you word things about what you say you think oh that's silly you know well yes and this is the only piece of it that we have control over we have control over what we do what we say and how we do or do not play into those stereotypes unfortunately we don't have control over Uh, the stereotypes themselves right so take the control that you have over it and do as much as you can do sit down think about what people might be thinking about what are their fears how can you address those fears directly when possible and definitely indirectly throughout the hiring process and then of course think about all of your benefits, all of your selling points, and how you can make sure that those are what shines, not the information or interactions that might confirm their bias. As I said, we all have those areas, we all have things that people are going to discriminate against. And if we pretend they don't exist, it really doesn't do us any good talking to a group that worked with the military transition um and i said well tell me some of the biases that people have against people in the military and they said oh everybody loves our military transition folks they want to hire them they you know they love veterans well yes and people are always going to say that and we know that people have bias against it right they have bias 
or stereotypes, whatever you want to call it. What are they? Let's be real. Let's think about this in the in the realm of, of reality. Those people who are biased, what are their biases going to be? And if we can be realistic about those and really think about how others perceive that group of people, not us, but that group of people, then we can make sure that that we aren't playing into that. And of course, the more that we build relationships and the more that someone else may be able to build the bridge or make the connection for us, the less we'll face those stereotypes. So that's one of the crazy things about bias um, and, and specifically unconscious unconscious bias is once we know someone who defies that group for us or teaches us that that group isn't all X, Y, or Z, then we can start to work on that bias. But for you to be the new person in that space for that person that you're talking to can be a challenge But if you have a mutual connection who introduces you, who vouches for you, then they're less likely to have that that bias. So if you're young and you think people are discriminating against you for that, find someone who can introduce you who isn't of, of your age group, right? Find someone who can make that connection for you, vouch for you, and help wade through that that bias. Mac and I talked a little bit about mentors, and that's a role that a mentor can play for you. It's also the role that a sponsor, a sponsor who is in the in-group, can help you make that that transition, make that connection for you because they're going to advocate for you and, and they're part of that group of people that you're not a part of yet. So if you're talking to a bunch of boomers get a boomer to vouch for you if you're a boomer and you're talking to a bunch of millennials get a millennial to vouch for you that might be part of what you look for when you're looking for a mentor or a sponsor so hopefully you've enjoyed our conversation to hear today on the current confidant and as you know i'm always open to your thoughts your ideas your questions you can connect with me at marie m-a-r-i-e at careerthoughtleaders.com. And if you are a career service provider similar to Mac and you'd like to be on the show, we're always excited to invite new guests who can share great wisdom with our, our listeners and with our other career colleagues who are also listening into the show. So we'll see you right back here again next week on the Career Confidant. And in the meantime, I look forward to your thoughts and questions at Marie, M A R I E at careerthoughtleaders.com. We'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 